Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Films of the Week with your host James on Infinity Cast. Today's episode is going to be a zombies inspired episode, uh, thanks to someone who suggested it to me. Uh, the two films are going to be Dead Snow and Shaun of the Dead. Uh, both of these are R rated films, obviously involving blood, death, guts, and a lot of um, zombies, <laughs> let's just say that. So, yeah, we're going to be covering Shaun of the Dead and also uh, Dead Snow. Both these films came out. About a decade ago, uh, so 2004 for Shaun of the Dead, and about 2009 for Dead Snow. But both of these films are really solid and really strong uh, zombies films that kind of go off the George A. Romero uh, films of the Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead. So it kind of balances uh, the zombies that were from the original um, 1968 film. Uh, 1978 film and 1985 film respectively uh, and throws it to a modern audience and I think that these are modern day classics uh, of the Zombies franchises and I really think that they're really worth watching if you have a spare hour and a half to two hours uh, which is roughly the length of these films uh, over this week. So let's start with Dead Snow. Dead Snow is a 2009 Norwegian film, uh, which means it will be in Norwegian, so you will have to read it subtitled or dubbed, but I think that it's a really solid film, and I think that the setting, as well as the themes of the zombies, as well as the, the humour and the kind of blood and guts and the R-rated, shall I say, that this film got, really brings uh, an audience to a film like this. Because if you enjoy zombies and you enjoy watching people kill zombies over and over again, then this is the sort of film for you. It came out in 2009, so it is a semi-old film, but I really think that the fact that it managed to get itself a prequel as well as having another film which is coming out this year, I really think it's worth watching, or even starting to watch, because it's, it's worth watching, I feel. So the synopsis for the film reads, Several friends take to the mountains for a skiing and snowboarding holiday. Uh, their peace is broken and or interrupted by a mysterious old man who informs them that this was where the Nazi invaders were coming to invade uh, Norway and they got lost and frozen in bunkers uh, under all, underneath all the snow. And lo and behold, they find the magical treasure that unsettles the Nazi zombies and gets them to burst out of their icy co uh, tombs and come to to, to kill the teens and be able to get their money back. Uh, obviously it involves death and obviously a lot of uh, isolation uh, horror themes within this film because they're 20 to 40 minutes away from uh, their car which they've had to trek up the mountain to be able to get to the shack as well as being an hour away from uh, any civilization as well as the police, army or whoever it may be. And the element of the isolation really helps to uh, show the story with with the name of Dead Snow. You obviously get it's going to be zombies in snow, and the setting of this film is incredible. And I really like the fact that it's so limited with its uh, visual set pieces, with um, just the barren snow wastelands, with the mountains, the one shack, the one snowmobile, uh, and just the limited setting really gives this film. Uh, a lot of room to grow and a lot of room for this film to be able to grow into a coherent and obviously a great narrative which is why I'm obviously talking about this film. So the film opens up with Erland, uh, Hannah, uh, Chris, uh, Martin and Roy as well as uh, his girlfriend Liv going to this cabin. They're in the car basically driving through all the mountains and on the, the roads and I'm getting kind of uh, 
uh, wrong turn sort of vibe. So it's a group of friends who take the wrong turn, which isn't actually the wrong turn, but they turn off the main road and they start heading off into the mountains and head start heading towards the shack. Um, Chris's girlfriend uh, says that she'll walk um, from where she's she is through to um, the the cabin and she'll meet them there, which is how it pretty much opens up. the The zombies end up capturing uh, and killing Hannah uh, and causing well killing her, should I say? And it isn't found until later in the story that she actually does die, but it is massively hinted uh, with the opening that she does die. So, so they all start heading towards the the car park. They just basically dump it by a whole load of trees and saying we'll remember where we're going uh, and they start to trek their way up they don't I don't know how they know the way to the the cabin but they're trekking for 20 to 40 minutes up this hill to be able to get to the cabin uh, through snow having to use the snowmobile to be able to pull the luggage and all the stuff up uh, the hill or mountain should I say and they end up getting to the cabin and like with most classic teen um, horror films they end up having a massive party and basically using it to have fun and and, uh, sleep around and all those sorts of things which is a common trope within most horror films but the, the silence is broken by a mysterious person who knocks on the door and saying can he come in because he's lost he comes in and they offer him a hot drink and he tells them about the history of the uh, the place that they're in which is it was a cabin for Nazi soldiers during the uh, Second World War it was a station for the commander uh, who used to stay here whilst the rest of the soldiers patrolled as well as um, fortified bunkers which were in the mountainside uh, so he tells them the, basically the backstory uh, for the narrative of this film and then he says be careful do not take anything do not disturb the peace or do not anything because they'll come and get you uh, basically just like a twilight zone sort of a horror story um, so he, he ends up leaving and saying he's, he's going for hunting he's going back to hunting uh, so he leaves and the students laugh, it's an old man, what, what could he possibly mean by all of this? So they carry on partying and when they open up the um, cellar door and go down they find a, a box full of golden coins which they distribute between all of them because to them it's just money they can just sell when they get back and there's no strings attached to the, this money which obviously uh, within the narrative of the story that the old man told uh, the money is a possession of the commander so therefore it awakens all of the Nazi zombies as on like a, a treasure hunt to be able to get back all the gold pieces so they can go back into hibernation and so that's where the film progresses onwards the zombies end up attacking the base and it's a survival film and all the teenagers are working together to be able to try and survive um, what they think would just be the night of the zombies but the zombies aren't restricted by day and night cycles they end up hunting them down and killing a few of them and there's a lot of um, set pieces within this film that are really strong I mean I really love the sequences involving the snowmobile as well as all of the stuff within the bunker as well as the history of it it's very accurate for for what I can read into the story, that there, there were Nazi soldiers who were lost within the mountains and I think that the director of this film was playing on that fact, uh, being able to say, oh, okay well what happened What happened to those soldiers, what happened to them, are they still around, what if they were still alive 
and that's the core element within the film is slight realism within the narrative of this film because obviously the German soldiers were lost and weren't able to be found again and so it could be in an underground bunker uh, somewhere plotting their revenge uh, to overthrow Western society. So I, I like that, I like the fact that the zombies is also kind of explained as a bio um, weapon for the soldiers to not be able to die. The only catches is obviously they're dependent on the the curse that the, the coins have uh, for them to be able to come back to life when the coins are out of the possession of the Germans uh, and obviously when the coins are in the possession of the Germans they are in a slumber state and obviously in hibernation because they want to survive. I think the main reason people would enjoy this film is the action set pieces within it. There's a lot of blood and obviously with a setting of a white background in the snow, having the blood of the zombies, having the blood of humans, having blood splattered all over the um, trees, over the floor, over the buildings, over the doors, it's really, really powerful because obviously you've got the nice contrast between the red hue of the blood as well as the kind of pristine white snow. And I, I like the setting, I like the visual set pieces that they did within this film. So to achieve the effect of blood uh, without obviously contaminating the snow, they used a kind of dye that, that evaporates with the heat of the people walking as well as the heat of the sun on the snow. So the sun, the blood is only on the surface level, so the sun is able to take it off the snow, um, obviously when it melts away or is evaporated, should I say. And I think that's a nice touch, I think that the blood that they used within this film is, is really good. It's kind of a dark red instead of a bright red, and I think that it works really, really well with the kind of neon white aspect of the uh, sun bouncing off the snow. And that's a massive challenge for any film creator out there, is the fact that they're working with a, a pretty much a white surface uh, and the sun's reflecting off it, so, but there's very limited lens flaring within the film, as well as a very good technical standpoint involving uh, cliff edge work as well as close quarters work, and obviously the isolation feel within the film as well. So there's quite a few cutback uh, camera angles where you get to see the scale of the landscape around the uh, the students as well as the older man, and it cuts back and there's just a small hut or there's a small tent in this vast valley of snow uh, which is coming down and you can barely see eight feet in front of you. And I just like that, I like the fact that the, the zombies are also explained to be using the camouflage to help them. Uh, obviously they're using their costumes as well as using their surroundings and obviously be having a certain level of sentience with the way that they're working. They also are able to use guns, also be able to use hand-to-hand -hand combat, not just the standard um, groaning zombies that are most George A. Romero films uh, that have obviously been the quintessential for the vast majority, majority of zombie films uh, to modern date. And I like the fact, I like the fact that the zombies are slightly different and I like the fact that the director, uh, Tommy Wachol, uh, has done a great job of identifying these zombies as something completely different and kind of away from the standard zombie tropes. And there's a lot of those different types of zombies that have come out 
you've got the World War Z zombies that are basically running uh, and basically kamikaze themselves into buildings as well as using their bodies to climb buildings. And then you have zombies from Shaun the Dead which are very, very dumb and very, very slow moving. As well as the um, Resident Evil zombies that are so quick and so strong and each one of them has genetically evolved to be different. I mean, you can even go into the Zombieland uh, zombies which obviously changed from the first film to the second film. So you have the Homers, you have the um, Terminator zombies and you have a few you are the different zombies that are completely different to what the original film was laying out which was the slow moving zombies that will overwhelm you with a herd of zombies rather than outsmart you and I like that I like the fact that the zombies are given a different persona given a different skill set and the people were having to adapt to these differences between the Nazi zombies in this film versus the zombies in Shaun the Dead let's say or in George uh, A. Romero uh, films like Day of the Dead or Living Dead or anything like those and I like that I like the fact that this film presents so much um, difference to uh, a genre that is very saturated and has been very saturated since uh, Shaun the Dead which I'll cover in a minute uh, because the success of zombies has come back and I think that there's a need for for that um, level of zombie film and TV shows and games and stuff and I think that video games is the biggest aspect for, for myself um, I mean playing uh, zombie kidding games growing up um, it definitely leaves a hole for you to be able to enjoy uh, zombie films which obviously come has now come out and obviously saturated the market during the uh, early 21st century as well as into the 2010s uh, as well and I like I like the fact that this film offers an audience something different to the standard formulaic as uh, group of friends uh, survive a zombie apocalypse one or two of them might die and then um, the final girl or final guy ends up killing everyone and getting to safety and he's free but is he actually free or is he in a world full of zombies now I, it's a bit formulaic whereas this film has something different and I really really like the way that this film is presented um, as a complete circular narrative there's no loose ends for the um, viewers to be like oh what happened what would happen if this happens or this happens it's it's a nice clean cut ending and I, I like that and I haven't seen the second film uh, but I've heard it's a, a very funny film and it plays off this fact as well I think it's set in the same location as well uh, so if you wanted to, to have a, a good couple of films to laugh at then these films are definitely going to be the right ones for you because they're, they're quite quite funny, uh, they've got some good violence and they've got some good gore in them. As we all know I like to talk about the percentages and obviously the ratings these films get. So if we go across the board for Dead Snow it gets a 6.3 out of 10 for um, on IMDb, a 70% on Rotten Tomato and a 3 out of 5 for Empire Magazine. And I mean that's a bit mediocre, I would have expected them a bit higher but to get a 70% on Rotten Tomato is a big, a big achievement because there's a lot of Hollywood films that can't scratch 50% and I like the fact that this is slightly different and adds to that and I like the fact that the critics have seen that this film is slightly different and not um, saturating the the whole media industry with more zombie films the, the same formulaic um, examples as uh, like people get dying people surviving and this it adds something different and obviously adds Nazi zombies instead of um, genetically or biologically created zombies which happens in most zombie films 
Uh, if you did want to be able to watch Dead, Nuts, Dead Snow, it is on uh, Amazon Prime, so you will need a subscription. You can also rent it uh, from Amazon Prime if you really want to. I think it's about 95, 99p, 95p, something like that to rent. So it's really, really worth watching. For an hour and a half film, it's uh, it's not very long, but I think that the, the whole narrative is coherent and obviously very strong and I think that if you have that sort of time then please feel free to watch it because it's definitely gonna make you laugh and it's definitely gonna add some humor and break some tension up maybe in your your working week and I'm sure you will very much enjoy it okay well that's about all the time I have for Dead Snow today after this little break I'm going to be talking to you about Shaun the Dead which as a British um, film goer is very very synonymous with um, the, the noughties and cinema as well as these films uh, for, for me growing up so yeah I, I just wanted to shed light back on this film because I think that anyone who was born in England during the noughties grew up with this zombie film and I think that it's kind of flown under the radar. I know that Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have gone on to be, do great things, but I think it's nice to take a step back and be able to look at where they came from. And I mean, for a 2004 film in Shaun the Dead, I think that is the perfect example of the growth that these actors have had, as well as Edgar Wright as a director. So yeah, um, after this break, I'm going to be talking to you about uh, Shaun the Dead. Hello and welcome back to the second part of this podcast. I'd like to now talk to you about Shaun the Dead. Uh, Shaun the Dead is a 2004 uh, British uh, zombie film starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, uh, Kate Ashfield, uh, Dylan Morn, as well as Bill Nighy uh, and a few other noticeable faces within this film. And I, I love this film. I mean, I'm going to come real with you. I, I can talk for an hour about this film. I can talk about how great all of the cinematography is, as well as the writing, as well as the acting. And I just like how simple the narrative is. Um, it's very simple and it's, it can be watched by anyone. I mean, with a rating of R, it's mainly pitched towards 18-year-olds, but it's definitely a film that a 10 to 15 year old could completely understand and could enjoy and I really think that it's a stylistic choice of Edgar Wright to be able to use his um, superior directing talents in such a great way from beautiful cut edits to the cinematography to the visual media that he presents to the audience and I'll cover that in, in a bit about why I like his work so much. But anyway, let's talk about the narrative, because for any of you who haven't seen this film, uh, this film is about Sean, who is a salesman, whose life has no direction. However, a series of unfortunate events suddenly means that his life is in um, his own hands. He's having to fight away zombies that have swarmed and taken over uh, London, or the borough of London he's in. And he has to work with his friends and his girlfriend to be able to survive this zombie apocalypse, uh, which is slowly sweeping across um, England and killing as loads of people. And I, I think that the simplicity of that narrative is why people like it so much. Because it's so simple, it's basically the everyday run-of-the-mill guy who's, who's down his luck, is able to 
just use his brain to be able to defe defeat these zombies. And he, I've talked about it earlier with um, the themes of the zombies. These zombies are the slow moving, moving type from your George A. Romero uh, zombies. So very slow walk in and basically will over, uh, will swarm you rather than outsmart you. And I think that the fact that these zombies are really slow as well as um, really dumb really helps to present Ed and Sean a chance to survive um, the zombies as well as survive in the situation that they find themselves in. And I really like the fact that the relationship between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost comes across um, that they're very much brothers uh, in arms when it comes to acting roles since this film but you can see the bromance starting to form between those two as well as Edgar Wright uh, in the directing and writing side of things and I, I really like the there's so many elements within this film. Anyway, let's jump into the narrative. So it, it follows Ed uh, as he's starting to um, go to work. He wakes up, he goes to work. He's hating his life, he's hating the people he's working with. He comes home, he chills with Ed, they play video games. And a landlord slash other tenant um, comes down and says, why aren't you two working? Why aren't you two trying to be better than you are? So basically like the dad of the pair of them and they're just laughing themselves. We're living our life, we're doing whatever we want, so leave us be. So it, it cuts to the next morning and um, Simon's cat, Simon is going slowly to work. And it's a tracking pan, but as you slowly start to see, stuff isn't the same as what it was. And I really like the fact that this this shot is exactly the same as the previous day. So it follows him as he leaves the house, follows him from a side profile as he's slowly walking to work, as he only works down the street, and then he goes into work and starts working. Uh, and then you can start to see the carnage around him the second time. You slowly go past his house and you see someone die in the background, you're being eaten by a zombie. Uh, as you're starting to go uh, down the road, you can see the cars have been destroyed, uh, punctured tires there's people running down the street um, and Simon's just completely out of it he's heading to work uh, and then when he gets there he sees that it's been shut or hasn't been opened so he just heads back home because he thinks that maybe he's got a day off or that maybe this person's ill or whatever so he goes home uh, and just chills on the sofa with Ed and they start watching some TV and they see the, a news report of um, from BBC News saying that there's an outbreak of a virus which is causing people to eat each other or cannibalism and uh, when they open the curtain they see that two zombies have made it into the back garden and slowly pressing themselves up against the glass and this, the narrative progresses from that point onwards um, Ed and also Simon want to work together to be able to save uh, Simon's girlfriend who is in a tower block and he wants to be that knight in shining armour so they end up getting out of the house and starting to try and save his mum, Simon's mum, as well as uh, Simon's girlfriend. And that's where the narrative progresses onwards. It progresses to um, for them to be able to be the knights in shining armour. But it isn't quite like that. It's a few elements that are slightly different. It's, it's very comedic, which is the core heart of most of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's films that they do together, which has got Edgar Wright writing. And there's a lot of comedic elements, which is why people love this film so much, because it's so slapstick, it's so, so funny, despite the whole genre and whole idea of the world ending uh, being an overlying uh, narrative arc point. I really like the fact that um, both Ed and Simon don't take themselves too seriously, and they're having a lot of fun killing zombies and being able to save the ones that they love. And I really like the that core narrative within this film. 
So let's talk about how visually amazing this film is. For a film that is barely over a million pounds in budget, this film is so seamless when it comes to the visual aspects of it. And there's so much, um, so many videos, so many uh, interviews with Edgar Wright about his vision, the way that he views uh, media as well as his creative pieces. And I've already talked about um, Baby Driver, which is uh, his 2017 release film that he wrote and directed. But this is a 2004 film. And in an interview uh, with, I think it's ABC, uh, he's talking about uh, his, where he and um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg got the idea to do Shaun the Dead. And it was um, from an episode of Spaced that um, Simon Pegg was in, um, and Edgar Wright wrote, wrote, should I say. And they, they really loved the idea of having a zombies film with a guy who's a bit dumb, a bit... Um, righteous and wants to be able to fulfill his fantasies of fighting zombies being the the knight in shining armor despite being not very strong not very physically imposing and i like the fact that this element was just taken from one episode of a, a british sitcom and was been able to be shown as one of the greatest um, comedic horror films out there and i love this film and i like the fact that edgar wright's vision uh, is throughout this entire film. So when I talk about Edgar Wright's vision, um, I'm, ta I'm talking about the way that the whole story seems to just flow. There's no cut, like sudden cuts, Every everything has a purpose within them. There's so many little Easter eggs within the film as well. So if you take, for example, um, the Cornetto element within this film. He managed to launch a franchise, a trilogy, which was the Cornetto trilogy, off of one simple throwaway thing, which is the fact that Ed was eating a Cornetto, and the fact that the two of them enjoyed doing that. So each one of the films has a different Cornetto, which is a little bit of an insight into um, the fact that they wanted this to be a cinematic universe between these three films. And I really like that. I also like the fact that there's throwaway lines between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's characters when they're going through all the records and they're just saying our oh, trash record this is a great record keep that and I like that I like the funny elements within that I also really like the fact that the one of the closing sequences is um, all of the party uh, beating this um, old zombie uh, in the time in time to don't stop me now uh, by Queen and I really like the fact that doing some background research into the 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 role and also the characters they all had ear pieces in and were um had to choreograph and do it about 10 to 15 times uh with the stunt poor stunt man having to be hit over and over again with these pull cues and the stunt man said just go for it it looks far better if you just hit me so they've actually beaten this 72 year old stunt double uh over the head with uh, pull cues and i just think it's really funny the, the elements between the music and the narrative, which is a quintessentially uh, Edgar Wright thing to do, to be able to match cut music, visuals and the narrative seamlessly. And that's something that he's very, very good at, is being able to match music to a visual standpoint. I mean, I talked about it in Baby Driver, so the sequence, sequence involving a baby coming down from the tower block to be able to get coffee, the, the, fa the fact that the words that Baby's listening to on the head his headphones is written in 
uh, visual form in for the viewer to be able to see through graffiti, through the use of car signs, bus signs, people uh, drawing or whatever it may be. I really like the fact that Edgar Wright uses all of these visual elements to be able to tell the narrative as well as to tell a story. And there's a few of those within this film. Uh, the fact that the Winchester, which is the name of the gun uh, that they use to be able to shoot the zombies in the end of the film. And also the fact that the Winchester is the name of the place that they're in as well as the pub uh, so there's so many use, smart uses of words and narratives and also points which helps to progress the story and I really like the fact that he uses these elements to be able to keep a coherent narrative and also keeps everything so simple for an audience to be able to just watch it without having to keep thinking about the deeper meanings behind it and it's very very smart filmmaking uh, from my standpoint. So if you did want to be able to watch this film, it isn't on any streaming platform I'm afraid. It is coming onto Sky Movies uh, Showcase at uh, 5.45 today, uh, which is the Friday. It is also coming onto Showcase on the Monday the 26th at uh, 11.05 and also 8.30 at night. Uh, but if you did want to just rent it, it is on Amazon, it's on YouTube, and you'll be able to rent it for £2.49 uh, on YouTube. But it's definitely worth watching. I'm sure you can buy the DVD for five to seven quid, and it's definitely worth keeping in your collection because it's, it's a really good film, and I, I would really highly recommend you watching it if you haven't seen it or re-watching it this week because it's so good and I really love the element all the elements within this film from the relationship between uh, Sean and Ed and Simon and Nick Frost as well as the writing as well as the love story as well as the tragedy of um, stepfathers as well as the fact that um, life is precious and all of these elements work so beautifully uh, for this film and I really enjoy the little cameos that this film also has. As we all know, I like to talk about the ratings of these films. So uh, across the board, you managed to get yourself a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which ranks it as the 224th best film of all time, according to um, the people who reviewed films on the uh, app. Uh, it's also got a 92% on Rotten Tomato, which is incredible, as well as a 4 out of 5 for Empire magazine. And I mean, it managed to win itself a few awards as well, uh, the BAFTAs, as well as uh, a few other Amsterdam awards. And I, I really think that this film is worth everything that it, it got, including the Saturn Award, as well as Best Comedy for British Film, Best Independent Film, Screenwriters, Empire nominations, and winner for Best British Film. And it's done incredibly. It's become a cult classic uh, for the vast majority of horror films and horror fans out there. And you can talk to anyone about Shaun the Dead and they'll know what you mean and will enjoy this film. I mean, I could talk to any of you about it and tell you why I like this film so much. And obviously I would love to hear what your thoughts on this film are. So just let me know in the comments because I'm really curious to, to hear what your thoughts on Dead Snow as well as... Um, Sean the Dead. Uh, so just let me know, just let me know on in the comments. Okay, well that's about all the time I have for these two films today. I really appreciate you sticking to the end of this podcast and hearing me ramble about Edgar Wright and why I like him so much. But yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. As I always say, I would love to hear your comments and be able to, to talk to you on Twitter, on YouTube, wherever it may be. I'm still getting nice numbers and I really appreciate it, but I would love to, to know what films you want me to cover or films that you would want me to watch or cover uh, in these podcasts because... 
this is all it's all about a community and I can just be a voice and just talk you through why I enjoy films but you'll enjoy films and you'll enjoy different films to me and I want to broaden my horizons so just let me know let me know in the comments uh, whether you want me to cover a specific film or you have a film that you might recommend for me to be able to look into and maybe talk about and I would love to, to, to talk to you as said my Twitter is eatwellj01 if you wanted to tweet me uh, tweet on there uh, I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm also in the comments of the YouTube uh, and just please let me know let me know uh, if you want to talk about any film in particular as said you've been listening to Infinity Cast on Spotify and YouTube and I'll be here maybe next week uh, to talk to you about another couple of great films um, and thank you for listening <laughs>